What is up? How is everyone doing? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. Man, this episode is pretty challenging. It's been quite trying for me to get into this. Um, I think it's really easy for me to do episodes with celebrities that I love, like Selena and Mary-Kate and Ashley. I won't say I absolutely love Alex Cooper. I'm a huge fan of Sophia. Um, so it just makes it harder for me to talk about, I think. Um, but regardless, I think this is going to be a really exciting episode. I think the entire Call Her Daddy drama from the rise to its fame, its popularity, being one of the most top-charted podcasts in the world, to the downfall, to where the two girls are at now, I think it's incredibly fascinating. And quite frankly, like I think Alex is living her best life. I'm very jealous <laughs> of what she's created. Um, but how I want to structure this podcast today is kind of diving into who they were before Call Her Daddy how they met, how the podcast came to be, of course, a little bit on the divorce and the deals leading up to all of it, and also why I'm not surprised that the girls ultimately ended up splitting. I think that the entire podcast was a ticking time bomb. I think that the two girls were already butting heads, and it really is no surprise that they ended up kind of disbanding. So I want to start with Alex. Who was Alex Cooper before Call Her Daddy? So I want to start off by saying that it is no mistake it is no coincidence that alex is where she is today she's spoken about from a very young age she taught herself how to edit videos she was trying to get herself famous on youtube before call her daddy like she has been hungry for fame and i think quite frankly she is a really fun personality to watch from afar like as much as i can't stand her I think that like there's something to be said about like as much as you hate her, you still kind of want to watch what she's doing. And I'll I'll admit it, I'm a hater, but like I still watch everything that she posts. Um, and I don't know why she just has that star personality. Um, she went to BU. She was a Division One athlete. Went to school on a full ride scholarship for soccer. Um, and she talks a lot. She talked in the earlier days of Call Her Daddy. Um, her desire to kind of date wealthy, affluent men primarily athletes and i'll put it up on the instagram as i usually do but she had a pretty high publicity relationship with noah Syndergaard, who plays for the new york mets um and that i think was her first taste from what i've gathered that was her first taste of fame and money and you know nice vacations and being flown out on private jets like i think this was kind of her entrance into the world that she'd been so craving um so i did go on the reddit the call her daddy reddit thread and damn during the divorce era in summer of 2020 i was trolling the call her daddy reddit like it was my goddamn job texting all my friends about it following every new like development it was so salacious and so fun to follow so i came across um one edit one post rather from a gal that went to college with Alex, and so I'll read it here. Quote, I attended BU during the same four years Alex was there, from 2013 to 2017, and I was also a female athlete, not specifying sports for obvious reasons. Actually, before I before I read this quote, let me just explain why I'm reading this to begin with. In one of her podcast episodes with Hannah Burner, I think she went on Hannah Burner's show from Summer House, she explained that soccer was her life. She worked so hard to get a soccer scholarship. She was a rock star at what she did all that good stuff. But in the middle of her college career, she dropped out of soccer and she says that she'll maybe one day explain what happened and what caused her to quit. And so what the quote I'm about to read from Reddit is basically like some intel on to what happened. And it kind of 
goes into her insta fame hunger and her wanting to date affluent affluent high pr individuals such as noah so i'll continue quote alex was best friends with another girl on the soccer team who she was pictured with in the infamous barstool smoke show post from 2014 to 2015 basically the head soccer coach was a very intense controlling person who hated any disruptions to the team from social media or drama in general as alex got more and more insta famous starting in her junior year uh, comma, she was known as the hot, crazy blonde girl on the soccer team who hooks up with pro athletes around campus. Her coach got more and more fed up with her, putting Instagram fame over the team. That all reached ahead when the bikini pic on Barstool Smoke Shows dropped, and all hell broke loose. The coach went berserk and screamed to Alex and her BFF and demanded that they get the photos taken down for Alex to stop being posted on large Instagram accounts slash in New York Post articles. That's when she was, again, posted um, courtside um, at a basketball game with Noah. Alex was actually a pretty solid player. I heard from friends on the team, believe it or not. And she was a regular off the bench. And she was a regular off the bench with starting potential for senior year. But she quit the team after the blow up junior year with her coach so that she could see name redacted, but I think it's Noah. So that she could see maybe Noah every weekend and pursue instant influencer clout free of her coach and NCAA restrictions on sponsorships. Apparently, again, name redacted, I believe it's Noah, also wasn't down with how much time she spent playing and practicing instead of seeing him but unsure if that's also true the real dish though is that our best friend on the team best friend on the team the girl in the pick with her quit the team with her out of solidarity solidarity read colon she idolized alex and would have followed her anywhere no one besides the two of them knows what happened after graduation but kind of strange that her close bff from college is never mentioned on our podcast or in any sort of social media pics so i think so that's the Reddit post. I think it's really interesting because I think Alex finds herself in these female friendships where she latches on to another female and kind of needs that person to be her hype woman. She did it with this soccer player friend. She did it with Sophia and then later on did it with Lauren, who was kind of like her non-official co-host and her best friend from home. And I think there's always something to be said about girls that don't really have a lot of female friendships now it's very possible that alex doesn't really showcase a lot of female friendships on her instagram however she seems to be posting everything else from her life on her instagram but you never see any other females really except like random tiktok influencers that she'll like end up hanging out with like she it doesn't seem like she has a core group of friends and i don't know girls like that they don't really have a solid group of girlfriends always kind of makes me nervous like, it's like that girl from college or high school. It's like, I only get along with guys, but why is that the case? Like, why can't you just be friends with girls? It's just bizarre to me. And I also think it's bizarre, again, that she just constantly needs this, like, one, like, this, like, other person to hype her up. It's just, it seems to be a common denominator of hers. Um, So that is Alex. Now let's move on to Sophia. So... I know a lot about Sophia just from being an avid listener of her podcast, Sophia with an F, and I actually find her to be very funny. Like, it's very clear to me since now listening to Sophia with an F that a lot of her stories that she told on Call Her Daddy, I believe to be actually very true. Now, with Alex, I think a lot of her stories on the original show were very fabricated and made up and were heavily influenced by other writers, ghostwriters like Mel Funcher. However, I think that based on the stories that Sophia tells on her current show, Sophia with Enough, it just shows how freaking crazy this girl is. Like, I think she grew up really fast, grew up really hard. She was around a lot of drugs and alcohol and partying when she was in her teen years. Like, it's no surprise that she just has a lot of crazy, crazy stories to go along with, like, 
I don't know, to make for a really interesting show. Um, she talks a lot on her new podcast about growing up with a single immigrant mother. Her dad was never in the picture. She does have a stepdad um, that she basically considers to be her father, despite him not being biological. Um, she recently said in one of her podcast episodes that she's tried to look for her dad like on Facebook. She knows that her dad lives in Spain, but she doesn't know really much else besides that. Um, another kind of fun thing about Sophia is that she talks a lot about on her podcast how she used to go to Vegas. Like she would take weekend trips to Vegas despite living in Utah where she's from, Salt Lake City. She'd go to Vegas with her best friend Fabi and they would like party and do drugs and club together. And she even talks about one time when her and Fabi, her best friend, had a threesome with a DJ who allegedly, I believe, I believe based on just like the way she talked about this particular DJ, I think it was Diplo or maybe DJ Polity. I'm leaning more towards Diplo. Um, but yeah, like she said that how she contracted chlamydia from this DJ. She had a threesome with her boyfriend at the time and her best friend, Fabi. Her first sexual experience was with her best friend, Fabi. Like, she just has crazy freaking stories. And so I think it's no wonder that, like, she brought so much to the table when it came to content when Call Her Daddy started. It's like, well, look at this girl's life. Like, I would love to be in a room with her and just, like, listen to her insane, insane party stories. Because I just, I mean, I don't think I could really, really, but it would just be fun to listen to. Um, so Sophia majored in economics at the University of Utah, and she explains that she majored in econ simply because she wanted to be in an area that made a lot of money. She didn't care what that meant from a day to day, whether that, you know, that means she would be sitting at a desk job from nine to five, but she was just like, I'm going to chase where the money's at. And she explains, you know, like the importance of being frugal and saving money. Like she seems actually to be quite financially savvy and not really showy. I think Alex is really showy with her money. Um, anyway, Sophia, so she started working at this finance firm and the reason she chose this finance firm was because they were headquartered out of New York city and she always had a dream to move to New York. So when given the opportunity to do so, she made the jump, moved to New York. And that's when she of course met Alex and when call her daddy began. So moving into how the two girls met. So I'm forgetting who, like which of the girls was which, but essentially one of the girls was in a lift line talking to another girl that was in the lift line. Not, it wasn't uh, Sophia talking to Alex. It was like that one of them was talking to a random girl in the lift line saying, I'm new to the city and I need housing. And this lift line girl was like, I know this girl that needs a roommate. So this lift line girl essentially connected the two of them together and that's how they became roommate, roommates. The three of them were living in a little New York City apartment with Lauren, who's Alex's best friend, who I just talked about at the top of the podcast. Um, so they, from what I've looked at on vlogs, they were just two peas in a pod. Like if you watch the two of them together, they have such fantastic chemistry. Like they were a fun pair. And I think that's why the show worked because the organic friendship that they were showing to everyone was real. Like it was just, they fed off of each other's energy and it was just a fun time. So the reason the podcast got started was because Alex and Sophia were in vacation, were on vacation in Austin, Texas, and just having like typical like female locker room talk at the bar. And someone approached them and was like, you two are so funny. You guys should start a podcast show. This is before podcasts really like blew up. It was like around 2017 and Alex was like, I don't know, I'm trying to be like a YouTube vlogger, like, but okay, I guess we can give it a shot. So they started Call Her Daddy and they put out a couple episodes of the show 
talking about insane sexual stories and like sex tips and it's it was all just completely insane complete insanity and just so it just seems so fabricated but i think that's what people were drawn to like because the stories were so unbelievable it it just made you want more and of course they were independently owned it was just alex and sophia with two microphones but what ended up happening was Dave Porno, I got wind of this podcast and was like, I want to pick it up. So we slid into Alex's DMs and that's how the Barstool partnership came to be. And Alex has even said like she and Dave kind of ran in the same New York City circle. So it wasn't really a shock that Dave slid into her DMs and then they became, you know, under the Barstool umbrella. So I think once Barstool, I don't even know if you want to call it acquired, like got call her daddy under their umbrella. I don't think Dave really knew how insanely popular the show was going to be when he first asked them to come on board. Like, I guess you never know these things, right? When I think when like a media company like Barstool comes and acquires new talent, you're kind of taking a chance on the new talent, not knowing what's going to stick. And that's what Dave did. Like, I think he saw an opportunity, he saw two beautiful girls, like talking about really salacious taboo topics and was like, sure, this could make us some money. I don't think he really understood the gravity of what the show would actually bring to the table until it was basically too late. So I read in the New York Times that the podcast jumped from 12,000 to 2 million downloads in just two months and it topped the podcast charts. It became one of the top 20 most popular podcasts on Apple. 12,000. 2 million down, like literally X knows all had like 90 downloads over the past two weeks, 90, this was 12, like 2 million. I can't talk, cannot even fathom 2 million people wanting to listen to uh, a podcast. Like it, it's insanity. Again, I think that the girls like being like super hot and just like beautiful, like probably doesn't hurt either. I think that Barstool was really, uh, its main demographic and focus is males, but I think bringing the two girls in and talking about these, like, female topics and being so salacious and doing so, it kind of brought a female audience in that, a female audience in that Barstool may not have acquired if Call Her Daddy weren't there. And I'll admit, I remember, like, when it first came out, I listened to maybe, like, the first, like, 10 episodes, and then it just started getting so insane, like, the things that they were suggesting, uh, it, it just felt to be very unhealthy. So I stopped listening after 10 episodes. So I can't really speak to like the content too much until like the later part of when they the girls were still together. But what I do know is that the podcast was still rising in popularity and uh, it was gaining so much traction that it, it almost became like unaffordable for Barcel to keep them because the girls started realizing their work, which then gets into realizing their worth, which then brings me into the topic of the rooftop deal and the divorce and all that so on april 8th 2020 the girls posted a podcast titled kesha dot 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 the end so if anyone who knows kesha or kesha's story even like remotely knows that she has faced a really dark history and she's basically been some would say held hostage by dr luke who's one of her former music producers so kesha has alleged that dr luke sexually physically verbally and emotionally abused her and so when these girls put out this podcast titled Kesha, dot, 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 the, en- the end, it just seemed very, it's, it insinuated something that very dark was happening. And of course, after that podcast dropped, the girls' podcast feed went dark, like no one had heard anything from them. So everyone, of course, was blowing up saying, what's happening? Why aren't they posting any episodes? How come we're not hearing from them? Like, 
what the hell is happening? And of course, on the back end, the girls were starting to realize we were bringing so much revenue in for Barstool. Why are we not getting paid more? And so I actually did look up how much they were getting paid before all of this happened. So the girls signed a three-year deal with Barstool and they were given 75K base salary for the year one, 85K in year two, and then 100K in year three. And of course, this podcast is top charted. It's bringing in more revenue probably than all of the podcasts combined. I don't know if that's actually a fact, but I'm assuming just based on the popularity, it likely was. So the girls started doing the research, which as any person in an industry would be doing, they would be doing the research to say, what, how much would, should we be getting? You know, we're one of the top podcasts in the world. We're only getting paid 75K. This doesn't seem to make sense. And I, I try to put myself into these situations and like, if I were them, what would I have done? And like, if you just think about it from like a layman's terms, right? Like, I'm an accountant, I I work in tech, I generally know how much other people are making in my industry, in tech, in the Bay Area, in my specific part of accounting that I do, right? So if I'm getting paid egregiously below what my other peers are making, then damn right I'm going to say something. Like, it's it doesn't shock me that they were shopping around finding out, you know, what was actually indeed fair. And I think it doesn't help that Sophia's boyfriend at the time, which some basically still think is still her boyfriend, I believe that he still is her boyfriend spoiler alert, spoiler alert but so Sophia's boyfriend Peter Nelson her and Peter met on Raya and she even talked about him in one of these like barstool vlogs and she she was like oh there's this guy I'm on a dating app and he claims to have gone to Harvard and I think Sophia was likely gravitated towards him being pretty wealthy um and they, the girls would always talk about that on shows like oh we're gonna sign up for like sugarbabies.com or whatever you call that website because we want like a rich guy or whatever to take care of us and so I think Sophia was likely gravitated towards him being this fancy businessman working at HBO all of that but I'm sure Sophia's boyfriend was in her ear saying you girls are getting completely like fucked for lack of a better word for what you're getting you're getting $75,000 for bringing in so much revenue for Barcelona you guys got to renegotiate once year two comes up which it was coming up so the way that I've read it is it seems like Sophia and Alex were basically using Peter as their Peter being Sophia's boyfriend using Peter slash suitman as their ad hoc manager to kind of fight for them and from what I read, it sounds like Peter was shopping Call Her Daddy around to other podcast networks. And one that caught their attention was Wondery. And it seems like Wondery was willing to give Sophie and Alex a lot more money than Barstool was offering. And it's not disclosed anywhere how much the Wondery deal actually was and what they were willing to walk away from Barstool and break their contract for. But I'm willing to guess it was likely over a million dollars. Um, and to them, of course, that was so much more money. And that's what they, they the girls had actually even asked Dave you know, what is the industry, what is the industry standard? We believe it's a million dollars. And Dave basically said, hell no. And he like shooed them out of his office. Like, no, that's ridiculous. So in comes this rooftop deal that Dave Pornoy has talked about saying that once they were trying to renegotiate the year two of their contract, he basically brought them to his house, took him to the rooftop and said, listen, this is what I'm willing to give you. 500k base, 7.5% cut of all merch sales, and you'll get to keep the IP after a year. Additionally, rather than writing out your full contract for a full three years, you would actually only get to stay for another, I think it was 18 months. So once Dave made this like amazing offer, and I think the IP of it all, Alex was very enticed by this offer. Alex wanted to stay, Sophia didn't. And eventually that's what led to the divorce. 
Um, I have a couple of thoughts on this. I think that a lot of people on the internet at the time were calling the girls greedy. And again, to that, I will say, fuck you. Um, I think, as I said before, if you're bringing in so much money for a company, you deserve to get compensated as such. If you're bringing so much talent to that company, I think at the same time, Dave was being very fair and get granting them the IP at the end of the contract, which now look at where that's gotten Alex and look where Sophia is at. Um, I think there was a lot of power behind the brand that is called her daddy, which is why Alex ended up, you know, having this $60 million Spotify deal. Um, and Sophia still has less than a million followers on Instagram and isn't anywhere near the fame that Alex has succeeded. I do think it's really sad, however, that Sophia has been so shafted in all of this, seeing as the content that she brought to Call Her Daddy was very much a part of its success. And it's actually kind of uh, ludicrous that her sayings that she basically branded on the show in the early years, like degrade me and unwell and all of that, block him, are still being used on like current Call Her Daddy merch. And it's just like things like that. Like, I don't know how royalties really work or trademarks or anything like that. Like, I don't claim to be an expert, but I do think that's just, that must be infuriating, right? For Sophia to see that all of her slogans are still being used for Alex to continue to make money. So I want to talk about the events leading up to the divorce and why I don't think this was necessarily a surprise. So there is a lot of talk about this infamous Christmas party. Um, and Alex in her YouTube video, The Truth About Call Her Daddy, she does admit that she was doing so much editing for the podcast. Sophia wasn't doing what she claims to be like really jack shit. She, Alex claims to have like been writing the script, doing all the editing. So apparently at one of the Barstool Christmas parties, the girls got blacked out and got into a huge fight. Sophia was so drunk, in fact, that Erica, uh, Barstool CEO or CFO, had to carry her to a cab and take her back home. So after that incident at the Christmas party, Alex went to Dave and said, listen, I do all the editing for the podcast. I also do all the social media for the podcast and all the marketing. I deserve a raise, which Dave granted to her. Alex did that behind Sophia's back. And to that, I will say, you know, I actually understand that. I think that editing a podcast and posting to the social media, that actually is a lot of work. I mean, even for me to edit a less than a 30 minute podcast that 90 people fucking listen to, that takes me actually like a full half a day just to like, research and talk to the talk to the microphone and edit and splice and put in intro music and all like all this stuff takes time right so I think that if Alex was investing more time in the social media and editing then yeah I think she should be compensated as such and that should be reflected um do I think it's a little shady that she didn't tell Sophia not really and again this is coming from a team Sophia gal you know I think that that's not necessarily what bothers me I think that it's the fact that she went and took Dave's deal without telling Sophia, according to Sophia, given that Sophia was so involved in the content of what made the podcast so phenomenal was her stories. I don't think Alex was necessarily bringing as much content to the table as Sophia was. I think it's also interesting that when the girls went to LA to be on Logan Paul's podcast, Impulsive, I, I rewatched that interview and it's so clear to me that Alex loves the spotlight and she always wanted to be center stage always ahead of Sophia like and especially in front of like these guys it just seemed like Alex was such a pick me girl like for example Alex 
is so braggadocious about the fact on this podcast that she's never had a one night stand. And it's like coming from the girl that's the host of Call Her Daddy that talks about all of these insane sexual anecdotes and tips and tricks for a girl to give a good blowjob. You're telling Logan Paul and his and and co that you've never had a one night stand. It just seems like very contrived. Again, goes back to the contrived content that Alex has been serving us since day one. But regardless, I'm getting on a tangent. Alex brags that she's never had a one night stand, and Sophia, kind of in the corner, goes like. Well, I've had one and I don't think it's a bad thing to have one. And the guys just kind of ignore her. Like they just, it's clear that Alex wants to just be that girl that everyone's just so enamored with. And I think she's just, yeah, she's just a pick me girl. And in the same interview, Alex is talking about waiting two months to sleep with a guy. And Sophia says, well, you know, this is not the case for her. And it it, it just seems like Alex kept saying like, well, I've never had a one night stand, but I'm not trying to hate on girls that have had one. It's like, well, here's your best friend and co-host saying that she has had one and you're kind of letting the guys just like shit all over her while they're praising you for never having had one. I don't know. It just, the entire podcast episode with Ed Impulsive was just really cringy because Alex kept interrupting Sophia, wanting to be the center of attention, wanting to brag that she was, she wasn't that girl and Sophia possibly was. And it, it just didn't sit well with me. You could tell, like, Sophia would just felt uncomfortable. Um, so the kind of crazy whole story I think of this, and, like, which is a really true testament to, I think, Alex's character and kind of, like, the betrayal element of this entire thing is that Milf Hunter and Sophia have both today admitted that he was the person that actually came up with all the content of Call Her Daddy and the reason why it became so famous. So things like what they're so famous for, like the Gluck Gluck 9000 or whatever, like the Cooch Gobbler, like all those things, Milf Hunter wrote for Alex to then disseminate on the pod. All of the shows were written by him. And allegedly, Milf Hunter wanted compensation for everything that he was providing to the show. And Alex basically told him to fuck off. And Sophia talks about this on Sophia with an F, her and Milf Hunter. And Milf Hunter recalls like he was literally sitting there on the couch with Alex, like crying and asking how could she do this to him? Like choosing fame and money over their friendship. And mind you, her Alex and Milf Hunter have been friends since high school. And like just looking at Sophia and Milf Hunter with like tears in his eyes and saying, you know, she's going to do this to you too. And sure enough, Alex did the same exact thing to Sophia. I just... I think when there's a pattern with certain people that do shady things to their friends, like it's just, it's not a good look when it continues to happen over and over and over again. Again, do I think Sophia was perfect in this entire thing? No, like I think she should have taken the Barstool Dave's deal with like keeping the IP 500K and then like writing that salary out for just a little bit more time and then seeing the other opportunities that would have presented itself after the contract had been completed. I think Sophia was a little bit too quick to the jump and leaving and knowing her worth at that time whereas Alex chose to wrote it out and now she's reaped the benefits of it I just think it just sits uncomfortably with me that Sophia was the one that just brought so much more content than Alex and now Alex has a platform more way more than Sophia does so I mean I think that it's really really disgusting also that Alex has interviewed people like Colton Underwood and Jamie Lynn Spears these people that are just thirsting and foaming at the mouth for platforms but it's like why are we giving a platform to a guy that literally harassed and stalked 
his ex-girlfriend Cassie? Why are we giving a platform to Jamie Lynn Spears, who has literally been the scum of the earth and has said nothing for her sister, who is in a conservatorship for 13 years, but now is choosing to make it her story and make it her be like the sad, sad one? It's like, Jamie, your sister has quite literally been in jail for the past 13 years, and now you want to make it about you with your stupid book? And the fact that Alex gives these types of people these these platforms infuriates me because she just wants the clicks. Like, of course, people want to hear about the Jamie Lynn Spears of it all. It's like one of the biggest stories of our generation. And it angers me that Alex gives these types of people these platforms. And what I've read on Blind Items is that the reason these celebrities like Jamie Lynn and Colton go on Alex's podcast is because she can't interview for shit and that she won't hold them accountable for anything. Like, can you imagine if like Diane Sawyer or like Katie Couric were interviewing Jamie Lynn Spears? They would go in. There would be no holds barred. But they know that Alex is just going to let them say and do whatever they want. <sighs> Man. I mean, that was a podcast episode, guys. I think that, again, I think they're both talented as someone in their own right. I think Alex has that personality that you just can't stop watching no matter how much you dislike her. And I think Sophia is really, really funny. And I think if you're not already listening to, to Sophia with enough, I absolutely think you should be. Um... But I think, yeah, it's kind of sad if you think about it. Like, I hate seeing friendships just die. Especially friendships that were just... The chemistry was just so real between the two of them. And when you listen to older episodes, it's very clear. When you watch old vlogs, it's very clear. It's, it's really it's really just kind of sad. But I'm always going to be Team Sophia. Um, dislike Alex, but I respect the platform she's created. And thanks, everyone, for giving my third episode a listen. It's been... It's been quite the journey for me so far and it makes me happy that even a couple people just like slide into my dms telling me that they, they learned so much i think that the mary kate and ashley also was quite surprising for everyone and i'm glad that everyone had a little bit of tidbit information that they didn't get to know before after listening um and guys if you could like just rate the podcast you don't even need to write a review just like give it five stars so that you know i go up in the charts and i can be famous and like be an influencer that would be fantastic um but yeah thanks for listening and i'll see you next week bye